0: by emailing us at info at Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com.
1: We're well, good to see each of you. I want to give a big shout out. Welcome to all of our, our big church family that joins us uh, each and every week online. Uh, we have a big church online and we thank you so much for being there and being a part Of the church, good to see each of you. Uh, Obviously, today is manger offering, as you can tell if you could not see the front of the church when you came in. But uh, the manger sitting up front is manger offering Sunday. Uh, We will do that in just a little bit. I'll give some instructions about that as well. Manger offering has been a a big deal for us and a beautiful thing uh, for us as a church family. Uh, We've done it for since 09, I believe, um, it, it, just, just a little side note, the manger offering when we did it in 2009 was seed money to build this house that we're in today. So you're kind of sitting where you first uh, were introduced to manger offering and where we did that. Before I get too far into it, we've been in this beautiful series, of The Advent. We've looked at peace, we looked at joy, we looked at love. Today we'll look at hope. And I just want to take a moment to thank the three couples that gave testimonies uh, this, uh, over this series. So thank the three couples that gave the testimonies. They, they absolutely just knocked a home run, man. They did a great job, and I'm grateful to each of them. For stepping out of comfort zone, I'm telling you, that's a big comfort zone and doing what they did because it's been beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time. So today, we're going to deal with hope. If you haven't, if you have or haven't been out in the hustle bustle, uh, there's some, there's a little bit of hope that that I believe we need to breathe into the house, into the into the world. That people are kind of beat down, tired. worn out. There's just a little hopelessness that has settled on us as a nation in our country. And, and, and I think we need a little shot of hope. And I pray that the church during this season is a beacon for hope. You don't have to do much. We had a little experience over at our house Thursday evening. Um, we, we were we were there at the house, Melissa and Natalie and I, and uh, a car pulls up in front I'm like, oh, we have company. And so they come walking up the steps. And when I looked at him, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's a pizza delivery guy. And we didn't order pizza. And so he's got his pizza and he's you know, doing his thing. And so we have five steps that lead up to our house. He was coming up to five steps and I thought, ah, man, I got to go break this guy's heart. I really want to take his pizza, but we didn't order pizza. And so I came out to meet him and I, and I said hi to him. And he said hi. And he gave our address and, and I said, yeah, that's, that's correct. You know? And, uh, then he said, name, I gave him a name and he gave his name on the, that's ah, not, name don't match. And I said, that name is next door. And he goes, oh, I tapped in the wrong name and all that stuff. And so he, he, he turned to leave. And I, and I kind of got sad because the pizza turned to leave. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, but I didn't order it. So he turned. And when he turned, he, he uh, missed a step. And he was starting to fall. And like all good pizza guys, keep your job, keep this up. Amen? If you fall, it's okay, but just keep the pizza good. No pepperoni sliding on the pizza. So, so he had the pizza, but he was going down, and I just reached, boy, real quick, and I grabbed the back of his jacket and caught him. And he, he turned around and looked at me like, Whoo, whoo thank you. And so he got down the rest of the steps. I kind of kept my eye on him. He got down to the end, and uh, I said, hey, Merry Christmas. And he just stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, Wow. No one has said that to me. And I just, what? (laughs) I just blew my mind, man. And then he goes, and hey, thanks for catching me. I said, you're welcome, man. And Merry Christmas again. And he went on about his way. And I went back in and told Melissa and Natalie, I said, all I did just said Merry Christmas. And he got a little emotional at the bottom of the step down there. He just... It stopped him in his tracks. Can I tell you something, church? Delivering hope and giving a little hope him real difficult. Just say Merry Christmas somebody. Here's a little pizza delivery guy. He's out doing it. He's out grinding, man. I've never been a pizza delivery guy. I'm sure it's not, they're not rolling in dough. <laughs> rolling in pizza, dough, but not rolling in the dough. You know what I mean? But you don't have to do much. Just be a beacon of hope. And just say Merry Christmas, man. Stop long enough to just remember people, man. Just see people. I didn't know that guy. I could have taken his pizza, by the way, my pizza. So just just say Merry Christmas. Just give a little hope. Biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation and a desire for something good in the future. Mm, A confident expectation inspection, a desire for something good in the future. I want you to go to your word. I wanna wanna talk a little bit about hope before we get into the manger because I just love the word of God. I just can't hardly not stand up here and not preach that. So look at Psalm 42, five. Psalm 42, five. Psalm 42, five says this. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, and I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Why so disturbed, oh, my soul? I call this little text right here, the conflict. (laughs) It's, It's the soul's conflict with itself. How many of you have a feeler? Got a feeler? Your feeler ever broke? You can get your feeler broke sometime where you feel the wrong thing. Like, I feel like this. Well, don't trust your feeler, okay? Trust the hope you have in God. You might not feel like it, but if you will absolutely preach to your soul and say, oh, I have a lot to be hopeful for, because I'm a king's kid and my daddy is the king. And my hope is in God. How many of us go by feelings? Sometimes a feeler can be broke. Amen. So tell your feeler how to respond. Don't let your feeler respond for you. Amen. We got to sometimes remind ourselves what we have. Listen, when your hope is in God, that's all you need. You believe God for a better tomorrow, no matter what your circumstances might say to you. Your eyes may see this, but how many of you know we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And so even though I see this pile of mess in my life, I'm not going to sit and look at my mess I'm going to put my eyes up to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who for the joy set before me endured the cross, scorn and shame, and sits down at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on my behalf. I trust in God. And listen to me. You can walk out on a morning and watch a sunrise like he painted for you to let you know there might be a lot of things out of control, but God's not one of them. That dude is in control. I guess you can call God a dude. I just did. (laughs) But God is in control, amen? He ain't broke. He's not tilted off high center. He's rightly sitting on the throne, and he is under control, and he will help you, okay? He's there for you. Never forsake you. Never leave you. Biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. Woo, that's a little hop in your walk, amen? That put a little whistle in your Dixie. You Listen to me. That Listen, you say, well, I don't know how I can do that in the midst of where I find myself. Because where you find yourself, okay, is right where God has you for this season. But God wants to get you out of that season, and he's the one that can push you and pull you out. He can make your crooked straight. He can turn whatever your problem is into victory, You're fighting from victory, not to victory. Remember that, because you're a king's kid. So put your hope in God that what happens today is better tomorrow because your God is gonna make it better, gonna see it better. I wanna give you a scripture. It's a great word. Romans 15, 13. Go there if you have your word. Romans 15, 13. If this is not highlighted and put some red around it, it needs to be. This is probably Melissa P's favorite favorite verse in all the bible it is power packed verse with got some beautiful words to it i want you to listen to it romans 15:13 may the god of hope mm, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit Listen to me. I'm going to say it again because it's worthy to be repeated. Listen to these words again. May the God of hope, may the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as what? As we trust in him so that you and I might overflow with hope. Why? By the the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, every time your circumstance and your feeler says feel and do this, you let the Holy Spirit of God well up in you and overflow out of you hope. Why? Because you serve a God of hope. Hope, my friend, is a season. Jesus is a beautiful season of Christmas, and He's about hope, man. He's about hope. And there's some of us in here that our hope meter is a little low, but I hope today your hope meter comes up. I do. And I hope your hope meter gets out there and touches some other people that need a little hope meter boost. Amen? Because there's some hope out there that we need to deliver. Hope in God. You might be saying, well, pastor, why should I have hope in God? I don't, I don't, I don't see much hope right now. I know, I know I'm supposed to hope in God, but I, I don't see it right now. Why? Why do I need a hope in God? Well, I, I have a scripture reference for why. It's Hebrews 13:8. It says that God... Jesus, our Savior, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we can hope in God, because our God does not change. He's not like shifting sand. He doesn't have a bad day. He has all good days, and he has all good for his kids, and he's all about that, and we can trust in him, rely on him, lean on him, understand that God has our hope because he is We can trust him, because God doesn't change, my friend. He didn't change for Noah. He didn't change for Moses. He didn't change for Daniel. He didn't change for David. He didn't change for Joshua. He didn't change, man. He's the same God, same God, same God. And he's the same God today for you and me. So the manger offering, taken out of Matthew chapter two. Go there with me. Matthew chapter two. This is the story of the Magi. Magi. Uh, in Scripture, serve a big, we, we, we know the Magi. We know them in a nativity scene as the wise men, okay? Now, I, I, I need to preface something for you. We have three wise men in most American nativity scenes, okay? If we put up all the Magi in our nativity scene that were really present, you don't have a manual Big enough. Your fireplace couldn't hold all these dudes, okay? Nor could you afford them. There was a bunch of them, hundreds of them, okay? Now, we just have three because there were three gifts that were brought. I hope I don't mess up your Christmas. Don't, don't hate on your nativity scene when you get home, okay? It's not even real. It's fake, okay? It, it, it's real, okay? I, 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 you're not being commercial Christmas by having three wise men. I'm just t- set you free here, okay? All right? You're okay, all right? We have multiple nativity scenes that, that have three wise men, okay? And so, you're okay. Not that just because we do it, you can do it. But I'm just saying, you're okay, All right? I'm just saying there's a bunch of them. It's a beautiful story, the Magi. And what the Magi did, they were astrologers, they, they knew the sky, they knew the stars. And when that star appeared over the birthplace of Jesus, they saw that, they saw that. And that began a journey for the Magi to find the baby born savior of the world. And they traveled for almost two years to get there. Okay, just call it two years. You can do the math either way, but two years. And the reason you know it's almost two years or two years is because right at the we're not going to look at it, but but King Herod gets so ticked off that they don't come back and tell him that he orders a decree that kill all the male babies two and under. Basically, he did not want to miss the opportunity to kill Jesus, and that's why we know he traveled that far. I want you to look at the text and I'm gonna set it up because this is what we're gonna do in just a little bit. Matthew chapter two, it's a little lengthy, it's 12 verses, I wanna read it because it's beautiful. If you'll follow with me in your word. Matthew chapter two, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship Him, that's beautiful. Verse three. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, "Where is Christ?" Was to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, "For this is what the prophet had written." But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler and he will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Verse seven. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make careful search for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so and that I too may go and worship him. Now I wanna pause for a little bit. The Bible's true, every little bit of it. But... That's a true verse in verse eight, but that's a big fat lie from Herod. <laughs> you can write L-I-E in your Bible if you want to. That's a lie. Herod did not want to go and worship Jesus, the king. He wanted to kill him, all right? He, did, he wanted to kill him. So I just want to preface that by saying that right there was a setup, okay? And you'll, and we'll see at the end of this text that they did, not, they did not go back to him. Verse nine, after they had heard the king they went their way and a star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Mm. Now watch what they do. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented the gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another route. It's a beautiful story of the Magi. What we're gonna do in just a little bit, what was done in the first service, what we've been doing since 09, is we as a church have been acting out basically or demonstrating or participating in Matthew chapter two as the Magi. The Magi king, listen to me, when they got there, and they saw the child and it says they were overjoyed. Can I tell you right now, that's what it looks like when you have your hope in God and God does it for you. When, you. when you see God come through for you, when you've hoped in God, you heard God, you knew it was God. When God given you a vision, he will always give provision. And when God gives you something and he shows it to you, that's overjoyed. I'm telling you right now, they were dancing. That's probably the first pew-jumping church you've ever seen in your life right there. They were overwhelmed as they came for two years walking, okay? They traveled by foot for two years. They were gathered along the route by many other magis from other countries as they made their way. There were hundreds of magis that got there, okay? But they came, and when they got to the king, they, they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented them with gifts of frankincense and incense and myrrh. That, that's, that's all they could do, man. And us as a church, that's what we get to do in just a little bit. Listen, God's been good to us, been real good to us. And so we take this Sunday and we designate it as the manger offering and all tithes and giving and, and, and everything, all the giving, all the offering, everything goes to the manger offering, okay? If you came a day and you have your envelope, got a letter in the mail, still got your envelope, some of us got a letter in the mail, we got an envelope, we have no idea where it is in my house right now, but but I, we'll have deacons in the back, they'll have extra envelopes, you can, you don't have to go all the way out, they, you go back to the back, the deacons will have them, give them to you and you can use the, the envelopes, okay? What we're gonna do in just a little bit, we're gonna get a chance as the church to stand section by section and come by the manger. At first, the little preschool kids will come in. We're gonna be led by preschoolers. You know I'm trusting guy when I let the preschoolers lead us, okay? So the little preschoolers come in. Then the children will come in. The children, the preschoolers go straight here and straight out. We don't trust them walking around worship. That'd be terrible, all right? But but they come in, they go out. Really, it's because they don't wanna see mom and dad. But, But we let them come in, they go out. The children will come around. Then Melissa and I will go around this section. This section will be first. We'll follow the children around, then this section, this section, this section, this section. It's a beautiful thing. As one body, one voice, one heart, one accord, we all together do it. So if you're new to our church and you've never taken part of this, this is not showy, this is not showing off from the church and making, uh, no, it's not about that, it's about Jesus. It's about being what the Magi did and giving their gifts to the king for the kingdom. We've been given a beautiful piece of property, okay? That, the the, the Bicota Baptist Church property on Northeast 26, that is ours now. It's already been done. It's signed, sealed. Real estate lawyer tied it all up. It's all of ours. This, all the money for the manger this year, okay, goes to renovate and remodel that property over there, okay? That's our mission field over there, the first thing we want to do, though, we've got to love on that property and get the building up. We want the people around that church to be proud of that church. We want that to be a renewed and refreshed that community around there. And then we're going to have three or four mission opportunities this year to go out and touch them with Easter egg hunt and with VBS and with, with back, school, back to school backpacks and Thanksgiving meals and things like that. We're going to be able to love on them, okay? But, but the church needs some love, okay? It does. The outside needs it. The inside needs it. The building itself. And that's what this goes to. Okay, it's so beautiful that a couple of years ago when God gave me the vision and kind of gave me the word on this and we looked at seven properties before this, I did, and none of them were it. And this was the eighth one that I saw. And when I pulled up to it, okay, I knew then because it sits on six acres and to get a church that sits on six acres in the city of Amarillo, that's amazing. And so I'm thankful for that because that's what I wanted. That's what we needed to do because we're gonna do this stuff outside. I can't wait to get the baptistry in that parking lot and have boys and girls and men and women have given their lives to Christ and get them baptized right out there in the middle of the parking lot, right in front of everybody and let all of heaven rejoice out there and do that. So I'm looking forward to all that God has for that. But that's what this goes to today, okay? This is all about the new property. This is all about uh, the work over there on on what God entrusted us. God, I knew when God gave me the vision, I knew he was just saying, Jeff, I'm gonna give you the keys to a piece of property. I trust the church. The church has done great and been a great steward of what has been trusted to them. And now, because I trust you and trust the church, I'm gonna give you a piece of property. I'm gonna drop the keys in your hands. And basically, that is exactly what happened. They just dropped the keys in our hands, everything, okay? And it's ours. And today, we're gonna get to breathe the first life into that that property right there through the manger offing. So I'm excited about what God's gonna do. The envelopes, again, if you need one, the deacons have it. We would like everyone in the house to participate You'll be led by my deacons. They will be positioned down here to kind of help you and orchestrate when to go and how to get back to your seats. They are not bouncers. They're not gonna frown at you and and be mean. They're gonna show you their guns or anything like that. And they won't tackle you, I promise, okay? Uh, They're just there to guide you. So be nice to them. They'll smile back at you, okay? And so they're just gonna kind of help direct traffic. And so if you need an envelope, grab an envelope. If If you don't worry about an envelope, you can drop it down there. Just put in your memo manger, we'll know it goes to manger. Anytime between now and the end of the year, anything in this envelope uh, goes to the manger. And if you want to give online or through the, through the app, you can do that by going to the app or online. Just where it says giving, just click giving. But then at the top, you're going to see a drop down window that says manger. Click on manger and that'll drop down. That way it goes to the manger and not just a general tithe. Does that make sense to you? All right. So if you wanna give that way, that's fine as well. You can do it anytime. But at this time, uh, we're gonna take manger and we're gonna come by like the Magi did and to the manger. And we're gonna open up our treasures, our gifts, and we're gonna give them to the king. Why? For his glory. It's all about Jesus, not just here, but over there as well. And that's all we wanna to magnify today, all right? So I'm gonna pray for us. And then the preschools are gonna lead us in, okay? And then followed by the children. And then we'll go section here, and then all the way through until we're all done. When we get done, we'll end with a big celebratory song at the end and uh, go out there to the mission field. So let me pray over us, and we'll take our manger offering this morning. Father, I thank you so much, God, for your goodness. God, you've been so, 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 so good to us as a church. So good. Think about all the years of the manger offering of all the years that we've done this as a church, we've just all stood together, one, one voice, one purpose, one mission. And the whole time, from all the way back to 09 to today, the, the whole purpose has been to lift you up, Jesus. It's always been about Jesus and it always will be. And God, I pray that you will take the gifts given today, that out of our treasure, out of how good you've been to us, God, we give back to you. And God, that you would take it and you would multiply it and do amazing things, God, on that new campus. And God, I pray for all the men and women, boys and girls that will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord because of that property that you've entrusted us. And God, we will always be faithful to raise up a banner named Jesus over that property. It's all about him. And it's all about him this morning too, God. May we disappear as we come to the manger today. May we disappear. and It may be all about you. We love you. We honor you. We celebrate you. We make much of you today. And we thank you for all the goodness that you have been in our life and how faithful you've been. We celebrate that today in Christ's name. Amen, amen.